And with that said, my first show with you guys this evening is with Aaron Clouden and Healing Journeys. I hope you enjoy the show. Opinions expressed in the following sponsored program are not necessarily those of KSCO Radio, its staff, management, or advertisers. If something is said with which you disagree, please call us during the program in order to help us balance comments. Hello, everybody out there in the Santa Cruz, Monterey Bay. My name is Aaron Cloudon, and you are listening to Healing Journeys. Tonight, I have Lindy James, a Tantra educator. You can find her at lindyjames.com. That's L-I-N-D-Y-J-A-M-E-S dot com. You can email her at lindy at... Wait a second. Let me, let me re-say that. You can email her... Lindy at lindyjames.com. I didn't want to say too many ads there. That would have been super weird. And you can also call her at 831-818-1685. So welcome, Lindy. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah. Happy to be here. Great. So first of all, tell me a little bit about yourself and what it is you do and what inspires you to, what inspired you to do it. Um... Well, I grew up in Half Moon Bay, not very far away from here, and moved to Santa Cruz about 20 years ago. Okay. Um, it's such a beautiful place to live. I love it here. Yeah. And back 30 years ago or so, um, I went to my first Tantra class, and it terrified me. I was like, it's going to be a big orgy. <laughs> <laughs> Was it not? It was not. Oh. And I think that's the misconception a lot of people have. Right. Um, there is a sexuality component, but it's also a spiritual path. Okay. And I liked it. I thought it was really going to help me heal. And um, I could see the benefits, you know, from somebody who was scared of sexuality, who was wounded in a lot of ways. And the, the course that I took really showed us ways of healing. So Tantra is a beautiful path for a lot of reasons, but one of the biggest parts is healing our sexuality. Okay. So you, you found it to be a healing practice, and then it inspired you to continue on to the point where you're now teaching it, is what I'm gathering. Yes, yes. Okay. So then this begs the question, what is Tantra? <laughs> Well, I first have to preface it. We call it Tantra. That's the first place I ever heard this term. Mm -hmm. But in to be honoring of the Buddhist practices out in the world, the word Tantra means practice. Okay. So there's lots of kinds of practice. So we've shifted to be respectful of Buddhism to say Neo-Tantra or Western Tantra. Mm -hmm. There's Kashmirian Tantra. There's lots of kinds of Tantra. But... They're not all about sexuality. Okay. Um, so when I say what is Tantra for me is an approach to relationship, to myself, to sexuality, um, and a spiritual path. Okay. And sometimes they say Tantra is the fastest path to enlightenment and the one most fraught with danger. Interesting, because Tantra always in my mind, gets associated with sexuality. Mm -hmm. And this, to me, sounds similar to the word yoga. So many times the word yoga gets associated with a stretching class, which is asana practice. And it's just one of the eightfold limb of yoga. So it sounds right. to me like tantra, it's just a, so just a practice, then that can become anything. It can become anything. It can be making love with the sunset. It can be... <laughs> That's <laughs> what I do every night. How did you know? You, like, read my mind. That's my thing. Yeah. And my first teacher, he did call it Tantra Yoga, because yoga translates as union. Right. Yeah, to yoke, all that stuff. Interesting. So I'm now I'm so super curious, and this probably wasn't where I wanted to go at all, but how did Tantra then be... Do you know how it became equated then with sexuality? Hmm. 
You know, I'm not exactly sure okay. how that happened, but, you know, there are tantric practices that involve, um, you know, in the Buddhist world, they call it consort practices. How do we open to our sexual energy and use that in our life? Mm -hmm. And I think any tantra teacher, you want to choose one that really fits what you need. So some tantra teachers are like bigger, better orgasms, longer <laughs> orgasms. And in my training, it's like that's a, a wonderful signpost along the way. But the mm -hmm. path is really about becoming more present, becoming more aware of yourself, embodied. So that's interesting because that's what I read on your, on your website and when I was reading about you. So your tantric education then is about basically being, if I'm reading this correct, if I'm... Uh, articulating this correct, being just more present to feel whatever it is you're feeling either by yourself or with another person. Is that correct? Yes. So the primary thing that I teach before I teach any other bigger practices is awareness of yourself, awareness of your boundaries, awareness of saying yes when you mean no. And all these supposed to's, you know, so in our mind, we've been conditioned by society, by our family, by how we learned as kids about sexuality, which mm -hmm. is kind of faking it. <laughs> yeah. And so then we can take all that away and relearn. There have been times in Tantra where I felt like a virgin again and get to relearn how my body works and what I like and... In order to do that, you have to let go of being, um, I call myself a recovering nice girl. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes we're nice when, in order to be approved of, but not necessarily telling the truth. And it can be scary to disappoint. Right. Well, that can go both ways, too, because for men, I'm, there's a lot of uh, expectation, at least the way I... I grew up and with a lot of the people I was around of this macho thing and the more women you're with the the, the cooler you are and guys got to brag about their conquests so to speak and it's also shallow and empty and the physical intimacy with that is doesn't really happen at least not for me I don't feel it like I need that emotional connection in order to have that physical connection and I'm wondering if you're seeing that with men that are approaching you going there's an expectation of me that I don't miss I can't meet up to exactly having also to go against their own natural sensitivity their own softness their you know, mm -hmm. poetic side um, my son um, going through school he said to me mom you know how you taught me to be in touch with my feelings? Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess. And he goes, well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it really was the epitome of how young men are taught. Like, they have to be tough, you know? And they have to show a certain way of knowing something even when they don't know it. And also men, you know, have a lot of shame if they're not doing it right if they're not right um a great lover if they're you know um supposed to know everything and like you said have these conquests right and it's not really true to their heart and so i guess it kind of comes back around to what you were talking about earlier about the rush to the orgasm like that's the pinnacle and how that loses everything it takes to get there and the beauty of just the intimacy sometimes right. just sitting with somebody on the beach watching making love to the sunset together oh. and that i mean by actually just physically being present and enjoying the beauty of our nature <clears throat> and i'm and it seems to me and and maybe i'm wrong in stereotyping that it seems like that's more taboo for men to be that way than it is for women to be that way. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, maybe less in this day and age and maybe mm. less in Santa Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> but there's um, a lot of 
part of why I became an intimacy coach for men, among mm-hmm. many things, is as men were often taught to be tough and buck it up and right. and let go, you know, not be in touch with their feelings. And then came, you know, the 60s where men became more flowing and gentle and poets. And, and women nowadays are like, where's the masculine? And the masculine has been really shamed. And so how does a man show up in his masculine and with presence and with a kind heart? It's a different thing than most of our culture has ever shown. So, yeah, then I guess it, it's a matter of defining what the masculine is. Does it mean that you're wearing flannel shirts and, and, and you're cruising around the woods with chainsaws and an axe? Turn me on. Uh. You heard it here first. You need to have a chainsaw. It's going to happen. Right. The tantric chainsaw man. Um, you know, that's an interesting question because we all have a masculine and feminine side. Right. You know, and I grew up on a horse ranch, I can drive a tractor. I nice. love that feeling of accomplishment, mm-hmm. of focus and getting it done. And the feminine side is more the creative, the, you know. So when I sit at my desk, I'm, I'm focused in getting things done, but I need flowers and music and, mm-hmm. and beauty. And so we have both sides, but for the polarity, like as a feminine myself, um, to be around a man that's really in his masculine, in his, let's say, he can really drop into his testicles. Can I say that? Sure. <laughs> to really drop into his body and, and show me his powerful side, then that feminine side of me will come out more. And the opposite is true. Like, I can get into my, I'm in charge. I can be in charge really good. (laughs) I'm shocked based on the little (laughs) bit of time I've known you. That's my sarcasm coming out. I know. (laughs) And so it was scary at first for me to be in my feminine side because Mm -hmm. the masculines that I grew up with were really inappropriate with me. So I became more defensive and strong. And so now when I see a man really in his heart but in his strength at the same time, there's a kind of swoon I get. <laughs> and it doesn't mean he has to be strong and muscular and drive a tractor, but there is an essence to that. And that's part of what I coach men to be, especially if men have been so shamed or their fathers were shameful or how they were taught to be. They get mixed up. Mm-hmm. And so I coach them mostly even by my own response. Right. You know. I taught a class once, learn to become a swoon master. <laughs> I love it. Is that the name of the class? <laughs> yeah, and and I was the I was like shocked a at myself. Swoon master. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in Portland for a little while and I just asked, you know, teach this class and I had such a variety of men show up from, you know, and young Well Indian. who doesn't want to be a spoon master? I know. <laughs> It was really fun, just bringing their awareness to themselves and how they impact the feminine. Yeah, well, isn't there... The thing I've been grasping with is is finding the strength in the vulnerability. Yes. In the openness and being that loving and kind and embracing that feminine side and having strength in that and not... And I think there's strength in not... in losing the shame, but it's easier said than done. Well, vulnerability is labeled as weak. When right. really to be super, to truly be vulnerable, it's powerful. So how do you help people get over that? Um, Sorry, that's a, there's a lot of people, so I know it's the, case to yeah, case. It's a probably. case by case, but basically once we are have learned to be in our bodies and listen to the wisdom of the bodies, which means a different part of the brain. It's We're so in our head how sex or relationship or this or that is supposed to be. But when we drop into the body, um, that's like even when I'm teaching, like I'll, I'll be in a moment of, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and then I'll just kind of go, what do I do? <laughs> and the answer just arises. So that's where we start, like being able to 
feel your heart and feel your gut and even feel your genitals and listen, like what's the message here, then we can start to heal because we can start to make choices that are more true to our particular nature, that particular moment. So you're doing practices uh, sim similar to like a meditation type practice then with people mm -hmm. in order to become fully aware of what the physical is telling them. Right. Every class I teach and every client I work with, we start with a, just a brief embodiment practice. So feeling your breath, tuning out that part of the brain that wants to figure it out and do stuff like, oh, how do we be? And slowly, you know, slowing down the breath, slowing down the thinking and starting to be in the body, then we can start. And then as you speak, as you do, we're used to just being up here in our head. I'm pointing to my head. <laughs> <laughs> that does well on radio. <laughs> and, and, I got it, at least. <laughs> yes. And then just feel what feels like the right choice. And that takes training. That takes practice. Well, that's interesting, because then you come into... Um, when being embodied, what if it's not feeling sexual to you? And we kind of come back around to that uh, where we were just talking about th these expectations about what if one or the other partners then is it has an expectation. It's an excellent question. What, oh, I don't even know if I formulated it into a question, but that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you read my mind on that one. <laughs> so um, Tantra th that I've learned gives us many practices that we call just like 10-minute connects. Because there's this idea of it's either you're in neutral or you're going to have sex. And lots of times I don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm 62. I don't have the hormones anymore of, of um, sexuality. Mm -hmm. But we might just do spooning for 10 minutes and breathe through the heart chakra, breathe through three different chakras. Or we might do a 10-minute ritual um, my fears, my desires, my boundaries, doing these little things that build towards um, the deeper, longer connection, telling the truth. You know, my fear is um, I won't be turned on or I won't get an erection or I won't get something that I'm supposed to have. Mm -hmm. There's that vulnerability, you know, and the and your partner just says, thank you. We don't say, oh, no, you don't have to worry about that. You know, we just are owning what is in the moment. So I, I teach people little practices that they can do with each other and ways that they can connect slowly. And even for myself, I'll say, let's just put our skin together and see what happens. Yeah. And then my heart will open. And then if my heart opens, then my sexuality might open. Or I might say, I just want you to hold me for a little while and that's it. Yeah. Took me a long time to get there. That's interesting, yeah, to be able to... And again, I think that's an easier thing for women to say than for men because I yeah. think the tables can turn and there's an expectation. I know I've been in this situation where there's an expectation and, it, and it's... Uh, then you, yeah, there's an expectation, and then I kind of come around to the to the part where when people are new to each other, and 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 it's hard to understand each other, and there's miscommunication, or exactly, or yes. there's a thought from one person or the other that there's an expectation when there may not be. Exactly, and that's why we, you know, once you start on the tantric path, and I hear this all the time. Um, you can't go back. <laughs> you can't go back to ordinary connecting. Just to be able to breathe and look in one another's eyes. Just be able to put your hand on the other person's heart. And if you're just meeting somebody, yeah, there's expectations. Um, the ability to let go of expectations and just see what you feel with this person. I, I guess now that you're bringing me around to the ability to communicate, Yes. Because so many people 
I know I can be very straightforward in my communication, but I've had an, a, a rather interesting life that has brought that about. So I've had a lot of experiences in a very different areas, not just in a sexual area. So, but if, you're, if you've got a partner, say, that where that's more difficult, and, and they've either through whatever their upbringing or experiences are, can't communicate their needs, but then have an expectation that you should be able to read them. Where do you? Yeah. <coughs> yeah. And I just want to add to, to the women out there, you know, because we think if the man doesn't have an erection or the man doesn't orgasm, then they're not attracted to us. And if we can let go of that one, because it really may have nothing to do with you. Maybe, you know, maybe that he's got some vulnerability coming up. It may be that he was shamed as a young man or something recent happened. And a lot of reasons that men lose their sexual drive or their erections. Um, and so, like, in that communication piece, if someone's really shy about that, it's often really a lot of shame. Um, I start really slow, baby steps, mm -hmm. you know. Um, if you really feel a connection with somebody and they have that shyness, then, you know, go to one of my free intro classes. <laughs> and when are those? <laughs> and we can check those out at lindyjames.com, right? Yeah, so in general, it's the first Friday of each month. Okay. And I'm experimenting because I usually do 6.30 to 8.30, but I was getting people from Europe. I had somebody from Japan and from um, Australia. So I'm moving it up a little bit, 4.30 to 6.30. We'll nice. try that. But that was really fun. Now I can say I'm international. I was about to say you, you can say you're international. <laughs> I love it. It's really fun. That's fantastic. Yeah, so learning just to communicate. So I guess a lot of that has to being able to... How do you go about that? Do you practice with friends? Do you practice in the mirror being able to say certain things, especially if they're things that were made taboo by your family or oh, yeah. those around you? Yeah, there's so much taboo in the realm of relationship and especially sexuality. Uh-huh. So, for instance, in a beginner you know, uh, class that I teach, um, I might have them simply learn how to eye gaze. Hmm. And... You know, one of the ways I do that is, like, close your eyes and feel into your body. Feel your heart. Feel your sits bones on the chair. And then open your eyes and just look out, still feeling your sits bones on the chair. And then as soon as you start thinking and lose yourself, close your eyes again. And I wish somebody had taught me that. <laughs> we just stared in each other's eyes and scared each other. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's ways to look in someone's eyes and bug your eyes out. I'm going right. to do this really good. Right. But if you can go soft and simply look out. Yeah. And when I'm working with someone who's really shy, I just look and then I look away. And then I look and I look the other way. And in the, on, um, it's all, my intro classes are on um, Zoom. I'll have people just move their hands and match each other's movement. And it's really surprising how intimate that is. Like, these are the baby steps, you know, because people are terrified. <laughs> um, and they do something like that, and they feel really seen, and they'll come back to the main room and be in tears. So we can take these littler steps and learn to be present and receive somebody else's presence. And, I mean, for me, you know, my sexuality... My heart was really open, but my um, sexual center was pretty shut down. And just having someone cup my genitals and one hand on my heart and look in my eyes, all the tears, all the pain, all the ways I've been abused or so, just came forward, made no sense at all. But I trusted it. And over time, through other healing practices, I got back online. Good for you. Yeah. That's pretty impressive because that was one of the things I was reading in one of your blogs is somebody mentioning, I don't feel anything. Yeah. Or, or it's hard for me to feel. And that's interesting because I personally have had this, this moment 
or or for a long time actually where it was it was easier for me to give pleasure yes than receive and i and i found the more i've gotten to know people I don't think that's very unique. I think there's a lot of people out there where it's easier to give and they want to make sure the other person feels well, but it's hard to receive pleasure. It's hard to receive pleasure and it's even harder to say what you want. Like when somebody would say to me, so what do you want? What do you, would you like me to do? And I would just go blank, you know, <laughs> there wasn't, I couldn't figure out what to say. And so... I teach people like how to be in your body and then like I'll do something really simple like touch the inside of your two pinky fingers together and see how much sensation there is. It's really sensitive. Mm -hmm. And do you like it? I do. <laughs> I know they can't see this, but that's kind of cool. Yeah, he's doing it with me. <laughs> and and then we go the modalities of touch. Um, and so I'll teach a class on like... Um, pleasure mapping and people don't often have a voice so you know this whole thing about being psychic <laughs> yeah right so um <clears throat> i learned to make sound the the three components of tantra are breath sound and movement because then you're moving the energy mm -hmm. and um so i'm gonna touch you know the wrist or the inside of the elbow or the back of the knee and you get to say, ooh, or nah, or harder, or scratch me, or squeeze me, or pressure. Mm -hmm. And then the partner just says, thank you. And it's just playful. It's like outside of, we're going to do the deed, <laughs> you know? Right. Just playful and find out what you like. I found out that less is more. Yeah. You can just, like, practically not touch me at all, and I'll have great waves of pleasure. You get right down and touch me strongly, especially in my genitals, um, I'll go numb pretty quick. Yeah. So I thought there was something wrong with me. And I know lots of people think that there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. So it's good to find out what your style... Um, there's a thing out right now called the erotic blueprint. It's so cool because are you a sexual? Are you a sensual? Are you energetic? Are you kinky? Are you, there's the third, fourth one, fifth one is, um, oh, I can't remember the word, but it means I like it all. <laughs> and I'm more sensual, like the hot bath with rose petals and candles mm -hmm. and energetic. Like even from across this table, like I can feel you. Right. So if I'm with somebody who's highly sexual, like just touch the, the, the main parts and let's get it on, it's not going to work for me. Right. So we learn these different ways of um, what we like and then find our voice. And that just, it's hard to have, but it really helps. Don't you want to know what I like so when you touch me, you're successful? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But doesn't that change from day to day or moment to moment even? Or, and that can even change, from my experience at least, from the way it starts out to the way it finishes or continues Absolutely. on. So, yeah. Again, like, I like biting, but I wouldn't like it at first. Right. I like very subtle, slow dancing. And then once my sexual energy gets fired up, mm -hmm. then I have a lot of grr. Right. And so, a couple of things I've learned like, when I first started exploring my grr, like intensity. Exploring my girl. I love that. I said to my partner, my lover, I said, I'm really shy about exploring this, so I need encouragement. Right. So, of course, he said, sure. <laughs> and so when I would let my passion come out, he would help me know, like, yeah, that's good. More of that. Yeah, that feels wonderful. You know, then mm -hmm. I got more confidence. And so I could play with it more instead right. of feeling like, oh, God, I'm too shy. I can't right. do that. Um, I could find out where the boundaries are. Like, I don't like to bite. Like, I don't get pleasure from your pain. Right. My bite is fairly soft. There might be light yeah, yeah. teeth marks, but they're not, there's nothing harsh. Right. There's no stitches. <laughs> <laughs> not so far. <laughs> no tetanus shots afterwards. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> and, and another important thing that I've learned is if I lose sensation, 
in my sexuality, I, no matter where we are in lovemaking, even if we're right <clears throat> in the middle of intercourse, I say, sweetie, can we stop? My heart's afraid. Because as soon as my heart gets scared and something always comes up as we're healing, if we stop and hold me, I'll cry for a minute or two, and then I'm back on, on, on board and my sexuality comes back. But if I don't say that, then I'm faking it. Well, that takes a lot of courage. Yep. I mean, I, I'm trying to think about like anybody in the middle of wherever you're at in, along the course of things to be able to like, hold on, can we slow it down here for a second? Uh, I'm checking out or this is bringing up something for me and I just need to kind of go through it for a second. Yeah. I've never heard of that. That's... That's... That's amazing. It is amazing. It took me a long time to do that because if we go back to our training, one of the trainings I found in women very common in the collective is once he's hard and he's turned on, you have to do something. And there's you can't stop. Like those are the beliefs that I, a few of them. And so mindfulness of mind. Like Really? Wow. That was part of the training? No. The, I mean, the... The training of our youth. Oh, okay. The, the non-education. I was like, what the? <laughs> Glad you clarified that. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So that was a belief I grew up with. Right. The supposed tos. Mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, as a permissionary, I like to remove. I like to give permission to let go of all those supposed tos to really be in your expression. This is so interesting because there's so many supposed tos that could go just on and on and on. And, yeah. and it's interesting because you're giving me the female perspective and I'm thinking about it in the male perspective and there's so many supposed tos on our end. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. <clears throat> and it, a lot of them don't jive with me. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of there's a lot of shame and weirdness around that though too because I I'm definitely way more into the sensual and the the intimate and the connected part at least at this point in my life. What kind of man are you? <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> that's, that's well, so that takes it does take some work for you know for and I'm happy for you that you can say that about yourself. Mm -hmm. And so any woman that you get together with, um, it needs to be a kind of person that appreciates that. Well, here's the flip side to that. Yes. Uh, and there's 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 this thing where I feel like I'm expected to then be the uh, uh what's the initiator in regards to sexual intimacy or be yes. the one who's and then i'm curious as to when i'm supposed to initiate that because <laughs> the communication level with most women i've interacted with is is minimal or it can be overly aggressive and and then i'm i'm like oh i'm supposed to do all these things right yeah it's super, what's with you ladies? It's super confusing. <laughs> Again, you're supposed to read our minds. You're supposed to get me in the mood by jumping through some hoops. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, well, I grew up in a, you know, I have to say after, the, I grew up more in the 70s, but for me it was always like, it could be equal. You know, I can be masculine and I can be feminine and I can be the one that initiates and I also like to be the one that someone initiates with me mm -hmm. and it's really being again in that organic authentic place so if um if I'm really being in my feminine it might invite your masculine out it might you might come over and just nibble on my ear and say oh you're so beautiful tonight mm -hmm. okay you want to try it <laughs> You got headphones on. Okay, never mind. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, it's like, my girlfriend used to say, you know, like when my, my husband wants me to have sex with him, he comes over and kind of paws on my shoulder, like in this kind of kitten-like way. And he, she said, it's the last thing I want to do with him. So how do I... I could see why. That'd be a huge <laughs> 
And so how, you're describing it. It's like what? Yeah, you know. But so, but if he feels his passion and he's not ashamed of it, uh-huh. or she feels her passion is not ashamed of it, mm-hmm. sweetie, when you get home from work tonight, we're gonna have a, a tussle. Oh, <laughs> nice. If you're willing, you right. know, or or I don't know. Um, there's ways to approach it, but it has to be from authenticity. Right. So if you're disconnected from your sexuality and then you're supposed to, you know, initiate with me, it's not going to work. Well, then I guess it kind of brings up that whole, there's a whole industry about men not being able to be sexual, whether they be taking Viagra or whatever it is, in order to, for what we consider sexual which is which is intercourse what society has deemed sexual which is intercourse and man having a big stiff phallus i yes. think that's okay to say on the radio <laughs> I, I forgot <laughs> to ask you that question what can uh, i say i think that one's okay <laughs> but I've, i think it's kind of a technical term right <laughs> so um yeah i mean how does that uh get changed and in my mind i'm thinking well you know between the horrible american diet and the stressed out at work, it's like, well, of course you have this whole industry built around people. Do people even have time to be intimate? And if they right. do, do they, they got to take a little pill to do it. That sounds horrible. Right. And, and around that um, issue, mm-hmm. um, it can be um, physical, you know, then that's the thing you go to a a specialist for and find out what's going on with your body but mm. a lot of times it's emotional and things that happen emotionally um you know something uh, especially shame mm-hmm. but things you know like you said diet is also a part of it mm-hmm. um addiction to porn can really take us out of it because women don't usually look like the porn stars right and so if if there's erectile I don't like the word dysfunction. I just mm-hmm. want to say erectile issues. Um, right. Okay. You know, step away from porn, and and don't make yourself wrong or bad about it. There's so many things you can do with a soft on, that mm. is so juicy and so much fun, that um, and and to be able to feel your own vulnerability around it and have a partner that can look in your eyes and put her hand on your heart and love you up and love your genitals just the way they are. So you brought up porn, and this is a huge thing in, in, the, in the world these yeah. days. It's like a multi-billion dollar business. People are hooked on it all. Porn addiction is now a real thing. Yeah. So... <clears throat> I'm curious as to your thoughts on porn in general or even couples using it as something they would bring in. Uh, Maybe one or the other wants to have that in regards to being a stimulant between the two. I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on porn? Because it's so big. I mean, anybody with a phone has access to it. Absolutely. And... And even in the magazines and all commercials and stuff, like the way women are depicted. Mm-hmm. Or these, men, too. And I'm, They are all washboard abs and I know. studs. <laughs> and they have the big phallus going. Right. And, and it never stops. Right. <laughs> and, and so, like, for me, if I ever were to watch porn, which I rarely have, Mm-hmm. If it's done more realistically, mm-hmm. more human-like, <laughs> mm-hmm. instead of superstar, mm-hmm. um, there are some like that. But I, I, I think it it does something to the psyche that numbs the um, perception of sexuality, or desensitizes. It in, desensitizes, yeah. And so um, we lose that if it's not there. You know, so if if you it's just like also vibrators. If a woman uses that all the time, mm-hmm. she becomes a little bit more numb because the intensity of the um, stimulation. So we have to like turn off the porn, turn off the TV. You know, it's fun to do these things once in a while. Kind of feels edgy, mm-hmm. but um, if it's a regular diet of it, then it desensitizes us, 
And it also takes us away from the spiritual connection of intimacy, of sexuality. Are you work, do you work with people who have, say, porn addictions or sexual addictions that are, I mean, are, do you work with people who just, say, have sexual addictions outside of um, a uh, loving, intimate relationship, like they're always going to a professional for it or using toys rather than being intimate with other I, I have. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tough one. I would do it in conjunction with a professional <coughs> therapist. Okay. Because I can be the one that, that um, I can touch, I can hold, I can teach and retrain the mind. But the actual, you know, psychological part of it is just a little bit out of my... Um, I've only worked with a few people like that. It's just a little bit out of my um, skill set. Yeah, because it seems like that's something that somebody's become so desensitized that the type of work you do would be ideal in regards to now getting back in touch with the self. I can totally help with that. And and also, like, often porn takes away from intimacy. Right. So there's often a fear of intimacy. I can do healing work around that and helping them get back in their body. And feel that, you know, because, you know, I have one friend, I say, how's your heart? And he goes, I don't know. (laughs) And it's almost irritating because he's aware that he's not aware. Um, To really learn to come back into your body. And this goes for sexual wounding, sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of reasons we shut down, both for men and women. A lot of reasons we shut down and we get afraid. And we can have sex and just feel it only in the genitals, but not in the heart. Yeah. Um, or the other way around, I can feel it only in the heart, but the genitals are, you know, we're faking it. Um, I feel a lot of passion about that, about doing the healing work. And it's miraculous. It's like being in this sacred, holy temple with people and helping them reclaim and heal from sexual abuse or shaming or any of that. Hmm. Yeah, that's super interesting. I'm I'm thinking about the whole being centered in the heart but not down in the genitals because that's like a root chakra safety issue, is it not? Yeah, there's to, in my my training the the root chakra is the first, you know, it's basic the base. Mm-hmm. And then the genitals are the second, but mm-hmm. some people say it differently. Um and yeah, you got to be feeling that the root chakra is like food and shelter and safety, mm-hmm. things that you basically need. And if you don't have that, it's again, the sexuality is not going to blossom. Mm-hmm. So kind of the one thing that has come up in my mind and I've been thinking, and this is kind of on a personal level, is the ability to feel pleasure and how that relates into manifesting other things into, into my life. So, like, one of the questions that I've been pondering and working on over the past few years is my ability to feel pleasure, but the more I'm able to do that, the more I'm able to then manifest what it is I want in my life because I'm able to receive better. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Is that is that something you encounter in this work? Yeah, we have actually something called sex magic. Oh, give me more. (laughs) (laughs) So at the moment of orgasm, the psyche is so expanded that you can um, kind of insert prayer. So, so, um, and my teachers would say like they were trying to get a loan for this massive house and they would pray and they would use the, like the, the semen and the amrita and even menstrual blood all of it is sacred substance mm-hmm. and they would they told me they they put it all on their their um blueprints for their house <laughs> in a prayer but you can you know bring that sexual energy up um through your body and then project it out like i am calling in i am calling in like sometimes um like i'm teaching a class and i'm short on men and i'll just say Okay, I'm calling in for more men. <laughs> Could be as simple as that. Can can be as much as your work, you know. So, it's somehow 
connecting us to maybe the cosmos, you know, like they say, right. ask the universe. Yeah. You know, it's like that. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that if you can, you, that we're not supposed to suffer in this lifetime, that yeah. we're, not, we're not suffering beings. And I think most of it is mental and emotional. And that the more we can just allow ourselves to feel pleasure and feel pleasurable, the more we can manifest the lives of our dreams. I really believe that. And it's also very healthy. It's, you know, good for your immune system. It's good for your vibrancy. Yeah. And when you um, run that, the whole time I'm talking to you, I'm like undulating and rolling my hands around. You know, it's like I can just call it up after all these years of practice. I can just bring it up through my body and feel that um, beauty and vibrancy. You know, I feel more beautiful now than when I was more beautiful technically. <laughs> you know? Oh, right. When, by society standards. Yeah. But, or when I was younger, you know, I was more afraid of my beauty. And now there's like just this radiance that comes through and it can come through, you know, once I teach people, you know, how to access the radiance, I also have to teach them ethics because the world will be drawn to you. Isn't that interesting? Because anytime I'm in relationship, it's, it's that old adage, whenever you're in relationship and you're in loving, beautiful space, that's when everybody comes on to you, right? Yeah because you radiate it and people want it and they right. want to be near it and, and associate with it and they don't know why they just know they want a piece of it right mm -hmm. so right. now you have to be ethical is what you're saying yes so when i <laughs> teach people um you know like particularly men because when they learn to be really present in their body and mm -hmm. and just look in our eyes and be with us and really mm -hmm. hear us the feminine is longing for that and so we can reach out and grasp onto it and get attached you know it's projection um and men can go yeah i can do this for you <laughs> and and then their hearts get broken because one of the things i truly believe in tantra is that we can tap into that universal love mm -hmm. instead of looking for the one we are all the one we right. all can be in you know have a class of 20 people and they're all in love by the end Right. And that way they don't get that sense. If you're just with one person, then it's like, oh, maybe you're the one. And it's that energy that we can create. And, the, and when I do a tantra class, um, particularly a ritual called a puja, people don't take their clothes off. People just do exercises where they build that intimacy and that energy with each other. Mm -hmm. And by the time they're done, they've had so much oxytocin. <laughs> I, I have to make sure they're in their bodies before they drive home. Awesome. <laughs> oxytocin is a drug. <laughs> Fantastic. This is awesome. So, well, when you're talking about this, it also seems that it's very important that... The learning the self-love, not looking for the one outside of self, based right. on what you just said. That's that's it. I feel that's incredibly inappropriate to be like, you're the one to somebody, because then that puts such a heavy burden on the other. Whereas if you know you're the one to yourself, then that one across from you, yeah, of course they're the one, because we're all... I'm using the word a one a lot. We are all one. We're all part of the same collective right. universal we're all, consciousness. We're all manifests of the beloved, right. of God goddess. So mm -hmm. we can have this radiance with each other and have this beautiful time. And I often counsel, if you want a partner, not only do they need to match you well in this, you know, tantric world, if you're doing that, mm -hmm. but also... Do you do the dishes the same way? Do you live the same way? Because we might like have a huge spark between each other, but I'm really fussy about certain things, and you might be fussy too. Then we need to find yeah. what is simpatico in the day-to-day, -day, and yeah. that's a whole different thing. The toilet paper roll definitely needs to go over, not under. <laughs> just adds up. Just so you know. I've met <laughs> that's so a deal many, breaker. It doesn't matter to me, so I would acquiesce. <laughs> awesome. So you brought up one thing that I want to kind of come back to. Are you saying that being uh, uh, physically and sexually intimate is good for your immune system? Yes. How so? Tell me more. 
Well, I can't say the scientific part of it. No, it's okay. But you they, don't need but, to. But we know that, you know, when we have that sexual energy, and it doesn't even doesn't even need to be like intercourse sex. Mm -hmm. It can be, you know, with clothes on. There's a lot of ways we can make love with just energy. Okay. And it stimulates something in the body where there's so much more health, so much like immune system um, gets activated in a way that um, keeps us from being sick. I don't know. Um, doing that in good health, healthy diet and vitamins, it's like I haven't been sick in a few years. Good for you. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it's the component of joy, mm -hmm. of of when you open your sexual center and you know how to breathe it through your body, it's like all your cells are alive and stimulated and feel good. Um, so it's really fun when there's a whole room full of people doing that. <laughs> One of the I I do a class, not a class. It's a it's a group um, for practice, you know. So it's intermediate or advanced and. Mm -hmm. Um, my nickname is the Bliss Conductor. That's a great name. Isn't it fun? Yeah. And somebody bought me a conductor's wand just oh, so I can play man. with it. And and all I'm doing is like, you know, how would you like to be held? Like how often do you just go up to somebody, a friend, you don't have to have a partner, and just say, can I curl up in your arms like this? Can I curl up like a baby? Can I lay my head on your lap and have you stroke my hair? When you get, you know... 10 pairs of people doing that the room is filled with bliss and of course it's contagious to me i get to tell everybody what to do and enjoy it <laughs> so you're having a big cuddle puddle is what you're telling me right and you that's know, awesome it's so awesome and then 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 the you know they're in two circles and the inner circle rotates to the next partner and i'll make up another thing for them to do hand on heart or um moving energy in a different way you know i just make up stuff is this hard for people to do that are that it, do you find sometimes it's hard for people to participate in this type of thing well they have to have training first okay so like there's beginner stuff baby steps okay um and and physically if they can't sit on the floor they can do it with chairs you know that kind of thing too um but yeah, I'm really protective. No handsy handsy. Right. You've got to know your boundaries. Mm -hmm. And even if you said yes and a few seconds later you're like, No, yeah. you gotta say it. And right. I teach people to say, How is this for you? Is this still okay? Right. So I'm a mama bear around that. Awesome. And in, you know, the I've been teaching I don't know, twenty years. I'm just really watching people, you know, and if someone's mm -hmm. like forgetting and kind of getting a little too handsy all over someone, I'll just walk over and say, here's Lindy. I just need to check in. Okay. Take a breath. Well, Lindy, it's been a great conversation with you, but I'm running out of time. Oh, we're not done yet. I know. So you're going to have to come back on. <laughs> but if you want to get a hold of her, you can email her, lindy at lindyjames.com. And there's a free gift with that for somebody, yes, right? Yes, if you email me and mention the radio show, then I will send you either um, three videos solo practices or three videos couple practices. They're a half hour each. Awesome. And so you can check out lindyjames.com or give her a call at 831-818-1685. Lindy, thank you so much for coming on. This was such a fun show. I can't wait to have you on again. Oh, it was just wonderful. Thank you, Aaron. Yay. Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nick. Surfing Northern California for